glad to have you here. Man, awesome. Man, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, for real, it's been an awesome blast hanging out with your leaders and your pastors this last couple of days uh, here in New Hampshire. Uh, this is my first time ever being in New Hampshire. So everything about you is what I'm gonna believe every New Hampshireite is like. What's a, what's a New Hampshire, I don't know, a New Hampshire in? I don't know. But uh, so, but yeah, as Pastor said, my name is Ty Buckingham. Uh, I am from Atlanta, Georgia, and I, uh, I'm married. I've been married for six years. No clapping, that's fine. Um, no, no, you're too late. You're too late. Don't patronize me. Um, so I've been married, you know, here's what's funny. When I first got married and I would preach somewhere, I, people were so excited. I'd like, I, you know, a couple of weeks after I got married, I was preaching somewhere. I was like, hey, I just got married. Thunderous applause, standing ovations. And now what I'm learning uh, is that today uh, is that nobody cares. Um, so it's fine. It's whatever. My feelings are hurt. It's, I'll get over it. Um, but people ask us, as we've been married for six years, the question comes up all the time. So when are you guys going to have kids? We get asked that all the time. And I'm going to be honest. Um, the question is this, you know, when are we going to have kids? And if we can be honest, uh, we don't know when we're going to have kids. We practice all the time. And so there we go. Um, if you didn't think that joke was funny and you're married, you just need more practice, so it's fine. Um, I do love how that's getting more of a reaction than my marriage itself, so I don't know where y'all are at, but, but I mean, I, we're gonna talk today about my favorite subject to talk about, which is Holy Spirit. Um, I, I like it so much, I wrote two books about it, uh, The Holy Spirit's on a Bird and Better Than Jesus. Those will be available uh, after service. I'll talk about more of that uh, later, but before we get there, we have to talk about something very spiritual, and that is our pets. Raise your hand if you have a pet. Raise your hand if you have a pet. Wow, like everyone. Okay. Um, so for me personally, I feel like there's like four main types of pets. And if I don't bring up your type of pet, you know, no, my bad. But for me, I feel like there's four main types of pets. First are this, are people who have dogs. Do we have any dog people in the house? All right, basically everybody. Uh, I feel like this. I feel like a dog is like the picture-perfect American pet. Like when I imagine the American family, it's like mom, dad, two kids, golden retriever with an American flag bandana. Like, that's America. You know, uh, about a year ago, uh, we, brought, uh, we got a new puppy and we brought our puppy into our house. And the moment I carried that puppy into my house, I just felt more American. Like, I felt like I just needed to go and like vote for something or buy a gun or whatever people in New Hampshire do. I don't know, um, I'm still learning. And so, but I felt like, I felt that's a pretty normal pet. Uh, the second category of pets out of the four I think of are people who have pet uh, cats. Do we have any cat people in the room? Okay, cool. So basically what you're saying is I make bad choices. Um, and I get it, I get it. Like I've been there. I, I love how some of you are clapping about that more than my marriage. I still can't get over that, but it's fine. Um, but here's the thing, you know, it's so funny. I've, I've been there, that's a part of me, my wife's testimony, but we, God's delivered us, praise God. And we are now dog people, praise Jesus. And so, but we had a, we had a cat for about a year. We loved him, he was awesome, but we had to get rid of him eventually because he had this really bad medical condition called, oh, what was it called? Uh, peeing on things. And so, all the time, like once would be enough, but it just kept doing it. And we had way too much love in our hearts for this cat. But eventually we got rid of the cat, we got a dog and we got a new couch. You can read in between the lines. Um, and, and the third kind of pet I think of is this, uh, out of the four is this, are people who have like pet snakes? And I'm gonna be honest, if you're here and you have a pet snake, you either have or you will do jail time. Like, like, there's no way around it. I'm sorry, but that's just real. Um, you know, let's say after service, Pastor Nate invited me over to his house and we were hanging out and he's like, hey, so, so there's the, you know, there's the kitchen if you need something to drink. Um, there's a bathroom if you need it. And I'm like, Pastor, what's that dimly lit room at the end of the hall? And Pastor's like, oh, don't worry about that. I'm like, no, Pastor Nate, we're friends. You can tell me. And Pastor Nate's like, oh, that's, that's actually where I keep all my pet snakes. And I'd be like, oh, Pastor has done time. Like, it would be my like, initial assumption. I might have believed that already, but it's fine. And so, but man, I feel like that's always a funny pet. Um, and then the fourth category of pets are people who have uh, pet birds. And I want you to do this. I want you to think of someone who owns a pet bird. I want you to kind of picture them in your mind. Like, what do they look like? Like, like what, what color Crocs are they wearing to church? You know, like how many fanny packs do they own? Like, I, I don't know about you, but for me personally, I don't know a whole lot of normal people who own pet birds. And if you're here or one of the campuses and you're like, well, I have a pet bird. 
Wake up. Okay, uh, it's about to get really real. Uh, no, I'm just teasing. But so I actually, uh, I, before I got married, I lived next door to these people who li- have these uh, exotic birds. That they were our next door neighbors, they had these exotic birds. And what I learned was this, is that exotic bird meant three times as expensive and twice as ugly. And so these were the ugliest little, like black birds. It was like little crows. It was very strange. And they would brag about how expensive they were. They were, they were nuts. And so, but then they were so loud. You know, they, they, these birds were always making noise at all hours, you know, all the time. And we'd be walking by the house and we would hear them. It was constant. And one day I went over to their house, just kind of being neighborly, saying hi. And uh, they invited me in. I was in there. And all of a sudden I realized I couldn't hear the birds. And I was just thinking, wow, praise God, they died. Um, no, not really, they didn't die. But I was like asking, hey, where are the birds? Like, I don't hear them. I usually always hear them. And then they pointed over to the side of the room and there was the bird cage, which is a funny thing by itself because birds are made to do one thing and that is to fly. But yet when we put them in cages, they can't fly. They can't do what they're made to do. They just kind of hop around. It looks ridiculous. But in this bird cage, I saw something I'd never seen before. I saw a blanket actually over the cage. I've never seen this before, so I asked my neighbors, why is there a blanket over the cage? And they say, hey, when, it, when the birds are too noisy or we're, we just don't know what to do with them, we put a blanket over them and it makes them completely silent which I thought was a weird thing to buy a pet that you would do that to, but that's its own thing. But in this one random moment, I realized how many of us treat Holy Spirit like he's actually a bird. We so often can confine him to a cage of comfortability or the worst case scenario is we might not know what to do with him. So we put a blanket over him and we end up missing his voice and missing out on what God has for us. And so what we're gonna do this morning and even somewhat tonight is we're gonna look at who is Holy Spirit, what is his role in our life, and then what does that look like in the role everywhere else outside of the church. And so we're gonna go uh, to the Bible where this, this first idea comes. Because honestly, for many of us, if I was to ask you or any location or even online as well, like, hey, would you draw a picture of Holy Spirit? Many of you would draw one of two things. Uh, some of you would draw a bird. Okay, that makes some sense. Uh, some of you would draw like some fire. Some of you might be in that kind of room. And then some of you might do both, which is like fried chicken or something like that. I don't know. That joke bombs every time, but I still have to try it everywhere I go. Um, <laughs> thanks for the pity. And so, but here's what's so weird. is so many times I grew up, when I thought of Holy Spirit, I would always think of a bird or a dove. I would see it on church logos or signs or paintings. There'd be a painting of Jesus, a halo, and then a bird. And I used to wonder, why is it that when I think of Holy Spirit, I think of this bird? And so this actually comes from the Word of God. And so if you have your Bibles today, I want you to go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter three, I believe we'll have it uh, on the screen as well if you don't have your Bibles with you, which is no big deal. Matthew chapter three, verses 16 and 17. And And it says this, it says, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went out from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And the heavens were opened to him and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God. He saw the Spirit of God. Now, I want you to pause for a minute. Anytime in the Bible that you see Spirit of God, it's talking about Holy Spirit. It's the same person, just a different vernacular, a different way of saying it. My legal name is Tyler, but everyone calls me Ty, so it's the same kind of idea there. So he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove or like a bird coming to rest upon him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son, which you am well pleased. Man, the voice saying this from heaven is obviously the voice of God the Father. So in this one moment, we have Jesus getting baptized, and then we have God the Father speaking in this moment, saying who, he, who Jesus is, you know, kind of giving that authority. And then we also see Holy Spirit at the same place at the same time. And I think this is really interesting. This is one of the only times in the entire New Testament where we see God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all together at the same place at the same time. And I think it gives us this picture of who is Holy Spirit. The truth is, Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is God here on earth living with inside of us to have a relationship with us. You know, Holy Spirit is God here on earth living inside of us to have a relationship with us. And that's really what we're gonna look at this morning is how we have a relationship with Holy Spirit. 
But now, for some of you, you might be thinking the question I used to think of why do I need a relationship with Holy Spirit if I already have a relationship with Jesus? And the first reason of why I have a relationship with Holy Spirit is this. It is Jesus's plan for you. It's Jesus's plan for you. Man, from the very beginning, it's always been Jesus' plan that you have Holy Spirit with you. John 16, seven says this, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage or it is better for you that I, Jesus, go away. For if I do not go, the helper, Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. From the very beginning, it's been the plan for Jesus to you know, die, raise again, and then send us Holy Spirit to have a relationship with us. From the very beginning, it's been Jesus's plan that we have a relationship with Holy Spirit. Man, I love that when Jesus died on the cross, forgave us of our sins, raised us from the dead, and then he sends us Holy Spirit to have a relationship with. The second reason of why I have a relationship with Holy Spirit is this. It is better than doing life on your own. It's way better than doing life on your own. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have this, this one prayer that I've prayed six times in my life. The first time I prayed it, I was 15 years old. With all the faith and audacity, I prayed this prayer six times in my life, the first time I was 15, and this was the prayer. God, let me marry that woman, amen. You laugh at me, but you've done it. Okay, okay. And so I prayed that prayer the first time I was 15. I want to tell you the story because it's romantic. I was texting on my phone, the best way to, you know, get any relationship. So I was texting this girl. I said, hey, what's up? Uh, do you want to be my girlfriend, yes or no? And she responded with what I thought was the best option. She said, sure. Um, Okay, the chuckles are a little rude, okay? Um, but so that was good enough for me. I was pumped, so what do I do? I flip my phone down, I put it in my pocket, I run to my room and I prayed, Jesus, let that girl be my wife. I was so convinced, I was 15, I know all the plans for my future, and she was obviously one of them. And we had a really good relationship, you know? It was good, it has its ups and downs, but unfortunately, eight minutes later, we break up. Um, <laughs> We were too young, we were too young, what can I say? Um, but I prayed that prayer, it didn't work out, but then I prayed that prayer five more times. I prayed it in high school, you know, for another young lady, you know, and I pray, in college, every day. Um, basically every day I was praying that prayer, but I prayed it time and time again, and I was praying it, like I love Jesus, they love Jesus, so it has to be Jesus, which isn't always the case, but man, there's more than that. And so like, I was praying that prayer all the time, and it wasn't working out time and time again. I would date somebody, get to know them, pray that prayer, we'd break up over and over and over again. And so then eventually I was getting so frustrated. Maybe you've been here in your life, maybe you're there right now, where maybe you're frustrated that God isn't answering your prayers. But can I tell you, my friend, sometimes God isn't answering your prayers because he has a better prayer for you to pray. Man, some of you, man, you're so frustrated that God isn't answering your prayers, but it could be because God has a better prayer for you to pray. Man, so I, I prayed that a bunch of times. Uh, the last time I prayed it, I was, I was in Texas in Bible college. I was working on a paper. I was at a Starbucks and I was just, you know, kind of typing away. The door opens and this beautiful woman walked in and I didn't know where I was. I looked up, looked down. I was like, in the name of Jesus. I'm like, I was super single. Like, I'll take anything at this point. Uh, I looked at her again and she had a wedding ring on, so that did not work out. Um, but you know, you gotta try. And so I was so frustrated and eventually I kind of gave up on that. And then I met this girl uh, named Rebecca. Uh, I met this girl named Rebecca who I'm now married to. We've been married for six years, which you don't care about, but we'll move on. And so, no, 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 we're too late. Other locations are trying to clap, but they missed their chance. Okay, and so here's the thing. So we, we've been married for six years, but the truth is, is when I first met her, I got to know her. And at the same time as I, I met her, we started dating. But the truth is, is this. I started pursuing Rebecca at the same time I was continually pursuing Holy Spirit's relationship. I did not pause my relationship with Holy Spirit. I did not pause my relationship with God to pursue another human. 
Man, my relationship with Holy Spirit keeps going on, and then I'm also in that relationship with my wife at the same time. And so, so we're hanging out, and we're dating, and it's, it's going really well. And then as we're dating, and because I'm in a relationship with Holy Spirit, I feel Holy Spirit tell me that this is the girl I'm supposed to marry. Here's the thing. If you're here and you're single, I wanna give you some advice. If God tells you, the person that you're gonna marry is in your life or he shows you who that is and you, you know that you know that that's God speaking to you, you do not tell them because it's super weird. <laughs> I'm mad, I'm mad, like, for real. Okay, imagine this is the dinner table, okay? Uh, and I'm on my second date with Rebecca. She's on the other side. She sits down. She's like, hey, how was your day? I'm like, oh, it was amazing. And she's like, what was so good about it? I'm like, well, I heard from God today. And she's like, oh my goodness, like, what did he say? And I'm like, oh, he said, I'm gonna marry you. So you're welcome, <laughs> you know? Um, I don't know. I promise you she would have gotten up and ran out of that restaurant so fast. And here's the truth, my friends. Holy Spirit does not give you permission to be weird. He gives you authority to be normal. Holy Spirit doesn't give you permission to be weird or have some manipulative like structure of saying like, hey, God told me this, so it has to be true. Man, because I'm gonna go to the word if it really is. And so the truth is, Holy Spirit gives us authority to be normal. And so I, I didn't ever actually tell Rebecca that Holy Spirit spoke to me that until after we got married, a good week or two, you know, just gotta make sure. But, and so, but we, we did that and it was amazing. But the truth is, is Holy Spirit wants to give you a better life than you doing it by yourself. Man, when I did life by myself, I kept praying these audacious prayers that only had to do with me and had nothing to do with him. I was like, I thought maybe God was on it, but I didn't know if God was in it. And so I kept praying, I kept begging God to bless my life. You know, a lot of us go through decisions and we have decision A and decision B and many of us will think about it, we'll make the decision and we'll say, okay, I decide decision A. Now, God, would you bless my decision? There's nothing really wrong with that, but what if there's something better? What if in saying, God, would you bless my decision? I could have a relationship with Holy Spirit. I could hear his voice and I could listen to his decision for my life because here's the thing, my friend, if Holy Spirit speaks to you the decision, you don't need to ask for it to be blessed because anything that comes from God is already blessed. It's already blessed. So I can go from begging God to bless my decisions to walking in the blessing, listening to Holy Spirit's decisions for my life. And I can be guided by that and it's way better than a life on my own. It's way better than a life on my own. The third reason is this, why have a relationship with Holy Spirit? It is a miraculous life. It's a miraculous life. And I really believe this, I think it's amazing, it's in my life and in the life of Jesus. When we see Jesus, when we see the Bible and what Jesus does from the beginning to end, miracles are happening all over Jesus's ministry. But the truth is, is this, there is not one recorded miracle in the Bible that Jesus does until after he receives Holy Spirit. There isn't one recorded miracle in the Bible that Jesus does until after he receives Holy Spirit. So the question would be this, how much more do me and you need Holy Spirit? Probably a lot, probably a lot. You know, there's this, uh, a little while ago, um, I wanna tell you a story about how we can really uh, activate this in our life in a really normal way, uh, because I believe this is Holy Spirit gives us not permission to be weird. He gives us authority to be normal. And I believe that God wants to use all of us in miraculous ways, both in the church and outside of the church. And so a while ago, um, I was going to Walmart and I wanna tell you this story to make it really practical for you to see what it can be like to hear from Holy Spirit, have that relationship and what it can look like in a normal way outside of the church. So I'm about to walk into Walmart, I'm by myself. I'm getting ready for a trip just like this of traveling somewhere to speak. And I'm walking into Walmart and all of a sudden, I feel this nudge. Say the nudge. The nudge. The nudge. Actually do this, at any location. I want you to nudge the person next to you. Give them a nudge. Okay, there we go. All right, that's a good one. So I felt this nudge. What I wanna say, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like a nudge in the right direction. And so I feel like Holy Spirit is speaking to me. Now it's not an actual physical nudge or anything like that. It often comes as a thought to my mind, which is why it's really good for us to have a clean and healthy thought life because that's the same place where God's gonna speak. And so I'm about to walk into Walmart. I feel this nudge of Holy Spirit and I feel Holy Spirit tell me this. I feel like Holy Spirit says this, you can't leave Walmart until you pray for the sick. 
And I responded to him by saying, yes, I can. I do it all the time. Um, I don't know about you. I have a relationship with Holy Spirit so we can tease each other. We can have fun because it's a relationship. But so in that relationship, he speaks to me and he, he spoke to me that, that I need to pray for someone who's sick. And I have, I have two options of going into Walmart. I can be weird or I can be normal. See, going in and being weird would be walking into Walmart and every single person being like, hey, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? You look sick. Can I pray for you? Like, that is weird and it's uncomfortable. It makes everyone weird. But, or there's the normal way of walking into Walmart and believing that God's gonna show me who to pray for. Because if God tells me to pray for somebody, I'm gonna believe he's gonna tell me who that person is. Holy Spirit isn't trying to take you on some spiritual scavenger hunt so that you might find him. He wants you to find him. He wants you to have a relationship with him and he wants others around you in the church, out of the church, in your family and in Walmart to find out who Jesus is. And so I, I get my shopping cart, uh, I get a couple things, you know, deodorant, toothpaste, whatever, and I'm kind of wrapping up and nothing miraculous has happened really whatsoever. And so I, I end up kind of wrapping up. I'm not dis disappointed by it though, because I'm not looking for a miracle to happen because I don't chase miracles. Miracles chase after me if I follow Jesus. And so we're not pursuing miracles, we're pursuing Jesus. And so I'm walking around Walmart, I'm kind of wrapping things up and then I'm, I'm kind of done. And so I, I get my shopping cart, I start heading to the front of Walmart to check out. And all of a sudden, I feel the nudge again. One more time, I want you to nudge the person next to you at all locations, yeah, yeah, there we go, give them a good nudge. So I feel this one more time and I feel Holy Spirit speak to me and he says, more specifically, and I feel like Holy Spirit says this, is that in three aisles from now is the person I want you to pray for. And you might be wondering, well, how do you know that's Holy Spirit even speaking to you, not just your own thoughts? Well, the truth is, number one, is it rooted in the word of God? The word of God is the foundation for all godly communication. You know, the truth is, is, is I love the word of God. You know, in 2 Timothy 3, 16, it says this, that all scripture is God breathed and is useful. I want us to do this. Um, on the count of three, I want you to fake a sneeze. Fake it, please. Uh, fake a sneeze. One, two, three. All right, pretty good. Uh, now, on the count of three, I want you to fake a breath. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, this is that awkward moment because you can't do that. All these noises of the, <gasps> that's you actually breathing. See, you, you can fake a sneeze, but you can't fake a breath. And this might be cheesy for you, but it's how I think about it. I love the word of God because the word of God is God breathed and not God sneezed. It's a constant life-giving breath to me that I get pumped about. And it might be a silly way to think about it, but man, here's what I've realized. A breath is constant and life-giving. It gives life to me and it gives life to people around me. Where a sneeze is random, it often makes a mess of things and it kind of interrupts things often at times. But the word of God is constant and that's why I wanna have it as a daily breath. Man, if I was to tell you I was gonna run a mile after service and I was gonna do it all in one breath, I was gonna breathe in one big breath and run a mile on one breath, you would think I was crazy. But yet so many of us live that way with the word Sunday to Sunday. We breathe it in just on Sunday and then we wait a whole other Sunday to hear the word again. But the word of God should be our constant consistency of hearing Holy Spirit's voice. And so that's why we go to the word of God. And if I feel like Holy Spirit's speaking to me to pray for someone who's sick, I go to the word and the word of God is true. And it says that if you lay your hands on the sick, they will recover. Jesus shows us that healing happens all the time. And actually tonight, Sunday night, we're gonna talk about healing and we're gonna pray for anybody who is sick. We're gonna pray for one another and it's gonna be amazing and it'll be a really cool time. But so then three aisles from now, and I'm like, okay. So I go aisle number one, nobody. Aisle number two, nobody. Aisle number three, there's one person. It's a Walmart employee and it's the cereal aisle. And you're like, Ty, who cares? Because if God's gonna do a miracle, he's gonna do it in the cereal aisle. Um, I've never seen water turn to wine, never. But I have seen milk turn into chocolate milk, praise God. And so what do I do? I get the Cocoa Puffs, I put them in my cart, then I pray for the lady, priorities. Okay, and so they were on sale. And so I, I walk up to this lady, this Walmart employee, I feel like this is the person I'm supposed to pray for, and I'm finding this out all along the way. Now the truth is, if there was nobody at aisle number three, it would be okay. 
It would be okay if I heard God wrong. God isn't trying to trick me. God's not speaking incorrectly. I'm probably just hearing incorrectly. You know, the longer I've been married, you know, we have uh, miscommunications, but the miscommunications lead us to better communications. And so if I have a miscommunication with God, if I'm hearing him wrong, that doesn't mean that I can't hear from him. It means that I have a better opportunity next time to hear him better. And I can kind of explore that. So this time I heard him right. And I walk up to this lady and before I can say anything, she says, hey, is there anything I can help you with? She's basically begging me to pray for her, I thought. And so, not really, but, but I, I, I wanna tell you how I pray for people, uh, basically anywhere, just to kind of make it really practical for you, is I said this, hey ma'am, this might be really weird, because it probably is. Um, I think God is super real. I've, I think he's really real. I'm trying to hear his voice better. Would it be okay if I prayed for you? Would it be okay? Those four words are important because I want to get permission so I can operate under a better level of authority. Because I don't want to just like be walking around Walmart. I see this lady on the other side and go, let's go in the name of Jesus. And like, like that's weird. It's strange. No, thank you. Like, no, that's no. Okay. But I want to be relational as Holy Spirit is relational. And he doesn't give me permission to be weird. He gives me authority to be normal. And so I say, hey, would it be okay if I prayed for you? And she's like, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. She's on the clock getting paid to get prayed for. Better than all of us are gonna turn out today. Okay, for real. Okay, and so I say, and as I'm about to pray, I feel one more time uh, this last nudge. This would be called a word of knowledge. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And one of them is a word of knowledge where Holy Spirit will give us information about somebody else so that they can come closer to Jesus. That's kind of the, the short of it. And so in this moment, I feel this nudge where I feel Holy Spirit tell me that I'm supposed to pray for her lower back because she was in a car accident seven days ago. And that sounds super weird, because it kind of is. And so I was like, hey ma'am, this might be really weird to you, um, but I had this weird feeling. I feel like God is telling me that you were in a car accident like seven, seven days ago, and that it's messed up your lower back. And she looks at me and she starts to cry. And I'm like, I've made women cry before, but this felt really different. Um, I, I don't know, it felt really strange to me. And so I was like, okay, um, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't know what was happening. And she's like, how did you know that? She's like, I was in a car accident seven days ago. I'm in extreme pain in my back, but I don't have a lot of money, so I have to work today. I have to be here. How did you know that? And let me tell you this. The goal is not for her to see that we're spiritual. The goal is for her to see that God sees her. That's the goal, is that she can see in this random moment that some random dude with a beard comes up to her and is used by God, because it's not my power, it's his power, and it, it, he's showing her that he sees her. And in this moment, she's crying because she's realizing that God sees her. And so I said, hey, can I, can I pray for your back? And she's like, absolutely. And so with my hands in my pockets, I'm praying for her. I say, in the name of Jesus, you love my friend so much. You died for her and rose again so that she can have heaven after she dies and also heaven here on earth that she lives. But also, would you heal my friend? Amen. Really fast. It took like 10 seconds. And then she starts moving around. And then she looks at me and she says, oh, snap. Say, oh, snap. Not those exact words, but really close. She cusses at me, which is fine. Because I'm not upset. This happens for some reason a lot when I pray for people. But, but please don't today. Um, but me, the truth is, is this. I'm not upset about it because I don't expect a non-believer to act like a believer. It doesn't offend me when someone posts something on Facebook that disagrees with me. Because, man, I want to agree with the word of Jesus. And if other people disagree, it's totally okay with me. I mean, it kind of pumped me up. So I prayed for her. She, she looks at me. She, you know, yells. And then she, she moves her back around. And she's like, she starts to cry even more. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I made it worse. And I'm, no, I don't know. I, I prayed really good, I thought. so. But then she, she looks at me. She's like, you don't understand She's like, I've been in severe pain for seven days from the car accident, and all of a sudden, all of the pain is completely gone. And here's, yeah, I, I love that. That's super cool. But here's the thing. You're not clapping for me or clapping for her. You're clapping for you, because that story should be your story. Because I wasn't there as a preacher or as a pastor. I was at Walmart as a person. And when I'm looking around and knowing all the other locations and online is there are rooms full of normal people who God wants to use in extraordinary ways through Holy Spirit. 
Here's what I'll know. Holy Spirit wants to nudge you. He wants to nudge you in the right direction for you and for the people around you. And here's what I know at this location and probably the other ones as well, I saw three nudges happen. Some of you did a little tap, cute, whatever. Um, some of you like were aggressively hard, intimidating. Please chill. Oh, some of you already like feel the guilt of that. And then some of you, you didn't nudge the person next to you at all. And I saw you, like I, I can see you, you didn't do it. <laughs> kind of rude, okay? I don't know what you think is gonna happen, but I promise you that's probably what happened at every other location too. Some of you did it aggressively, really hard. Some of you just a little tap and some of you didn't do it at all. But I want you to catch this, my friends. The level of nudge that you felt was determined by the level of relationship that you have. The level of nudge that you felt was probably determined by the level of relationship that you have. If you felt a really hard nudge, it's probably because you know that person really well. It would be really weird if you were sitting next to a stranger and when I said nudge person next to you, they just like shove you out of their seat. You're like, this church is nuts, um, but they're not. This is a good church. Um, and the truth is the level of nudge you feel is determined by the level of relationship that you have. And so if it's been a long time since you feel like you've felt the nudge of Holy Spirit, since you feel like you've heard his voice, how close are you sitting next to Holy Spirit? When's the last time you try to listen to his voice and do what he says? Ask for his blessed purpose and not just asking him to bless your purpose. And the truth is, I believe God wants to nudge us all through Holy Spirit. And there's this one way that we can really intensify this nudge or really start this nudge, kind of jumpstart it or intensify it. And we're gonna talk about this just kind of the last couple minutes. And it's this thing called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Man, there's just something in the Bible called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is really like the intensification or even for some of us, the beginning of these nudge moments. And so we're gonna to go to the word of God for just a moment. We're gonna to go to the book of Acts and we're gonna talk about how to experience the nudge on a more constant, consistent, and bigger way in our life. So we're gonna to go to the book of Acts, chapter one, verses four through five. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, which I love we're gonna do in just a, in like a little bit next month. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I love that word baptism. It means fully immersed. Just like when you get baptized in water, you go fully under the water and you're surrounded by the water. Jesus says, I want you to be fully surrounded and immersed in Holy Spirit. I want you to be baptized in Holy Spirit. I want you to be filled with Holy Spirit. So then he goes on just a couple of moments later to define what it is. Acts chapter one, verse eight is the last recorded words of Jesus. They're the last words recorded of Jesus before he ascends to heaven. And he says this, Acts chapter one, verse eight. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's the empowerment to do so more people may know. It's the empowerment to do things, have greater faith, have these greater nudge moments so that more people can come to Jesus. Man, it's so that they can witness you and they can witness Jesus moving to and through you. Man, I wanna know, man, when is the last time someone looked at your life and they thought it looked a lot like the life of Jesus. Man, because the truth is when they witness us, people should be witnessing Jesus through us. And Holy Spirit makes that so much more easy for us. And so the last really passage we're gonna look at is this, is the first time this ever happens. Uh, Acts chapter two, verses one through four says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came on each one of them. God's just kind of showing off that it's really him. And then this, all of them were filled. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as Holy Spirit enabled them. I want us to kind of look at that last moment for a minute, is they were all filled. Every one of them that were waiting for this gift that Jesus had for them, he said, go and wait for the gift my father promised. And then we end up seeing, hey, like you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, this is the power. And they were all filled, every one of them. 
The disciples who had been with Jesus for the whole time, they were filled. The people who had just gotten started on the journey, they were filled. And Jesus wants to do the same today. And so they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happens is they speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gives them the language. And so what we're really gonna do today at the end of service is this, is we're gonna have some time to pray for this. We're gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit and we're gonna be, we're experiencing that. And I believe for many of us, we'll speak in other tongues as Holy Spirit prompts us. I'm not making it up. You're not making it up. Holy Spirit isn't wiggling your tongue around or anything crazy like that. Holy Spirit will prompt us and we speak out what we feel in prompting us to say. But I wanna kind of give a good illustration for this. Uh, Pastor Nate, what is your favorite fruit? Tomato. Tomato. That feels like a tricky one. I'm not positive it's a fruit, but it's a, so let's say he says, hey, it's tomatoes. I say, let's say pastor said, hey, before service, can you go and get me some tomatoes? I'm like, pastor, you're my boss technically this weekend, so I will do whatever you want. And so I go to the store, I get him a tomatoes. Uh, I come back and he's like, hey, uh, where are the tomatoes? And I pull out of my pocket a receipt. I hand him the receipt and he's like, okay. So this says you got tomatoes, but where are the actual tomatoes? I'm like, pastor, it says right there that I got you exactly what you asked for. It says right there, you have tomatoes. And he's like, yeah, but this is just the receipt. Where is the actual thing I asked you for? And the truth is this, speaking in tongues is the receipt of the transaction God wants to give us today. He wants to give you the gift of Holy Spirit and be filled to overflowing. He wants to you know, have you be baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is a gift. And the gift receipt, the evidence that it has been purchased for you on behalf of you is that many of us, we always speak in tongues initially. I mean, initially what happens, and many of us even this morning will have that experience, but the truth is, is this. This morning, our goal is not to speak in tongues. Our goal is to get more of Holy Spirit than we came in here with. That's our goal. Our goal is more than before. For some of you, you might feel like you've never experienced Holy Spirit in your life. Awesome, more than that. If some of you feel like, you're, you feel like a spiritual giant, more than that. Our goal is more than before. And that's in a little bit what we're gonna pray for. And if I can have my friends in the band uh, make their way up, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of explore this and we're gonna pray. And we're gonna pray in a really uh, easy way. But I want us to do this if we can all just kind of bow our heads and close our eyes. We're gonna pray uh, where we're at for this first part. And then in a moment, we're gonna kind of come up to the altar and just kind of have a good amount of time just to pray and receive from Holy Spirit in a really cool, unique way. And so, man, tonight, we're gonna, we're gonna pray for healing. We're gonna see God do some really cool things. Man, but I want us to start now. Before any miracle happens tonight, you know, we're gonna see people healed of, you know, of any kind of issues. We see it all the time. We're gonna pray for the sick tonight. But man, I want to see some miracles now. And so we're gonna see people, the best miracle happen. And the, miracle, the greatest miracle is what Jesus did for you. You know, Jesus is the son of the living God and he wants to have a relationship with you through Holy Spirit. Jesus is real, the son of the living God. He lived a perfect life for you as you on behalf of you. And then he died on a cross in your place for all of your sin, all your guilt, all your shame, all the stuff and garbage you've done in your life. He wants to make an atonement for that. He died on the cross, rose from the dead three days later, abolishing all of the sin and guilt in your life and giving you this opportunity of salvation so that when you die, you can go to heaven after you die, but also that we can have heaven experiences on earth here as we live. I mean, it might be awesome. You might be here as we're praying right now with every head bowed and every eye closed. You might be like, man, I want that relationship with the Holy Spirit. I don't wanna just do my way. I wanna do His way. I don't wanna just beg for the blessing. I wanna walk in it every day. I mean, I want to experience a miraculous life both in me and through me. I mean, I want those nudge moments, but the only prerequisite for that Holy Spirit nudge is to give Jesus your life. And so that's what we're gonna do just in this moment. The Bible says this, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth, man, then you will be saved. Man, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. And so we're gonna pray out loud together as a restoration family to step in to the greatest restoration. Man, your past isn't too dirty. Man, it's not too crazy. Your sin isn't too big and your sin is not too small for you to experience 
the salvation of Jesus. So at every campus, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you'd say, I want to give my life to Jesus, maybe, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time. Maybe some of you at one point gave your life to Jesus, but you've, you've walked away and you've just done other things, but you want to be all in with the Jesus with everyone in every location and online as well. If that's you and you'd say, I want to give my life fully to Jesus. I just wanna know who I'm praying for. Would you just raise your hand so I can pray with you this morning? Awesome, 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 awesome. People all over here, I'm believing other locations as well. And so you can put your hands down, but I want us to do this. I want us to pray this as a restoration family because we're gonna do this life as a restoration family. And so I want us to pray out loud. I want you to kind of just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life, every part of it. I know you're pursuing me and I'm all in. I know you died on a cross and rose again. And so I repent of my sin I want to follow you all of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Hey, can we give it up for the people who made that decision? That's the best thing that happens all day long. I don't want us to do this as the band uh, gets ready to, we're going to lead through with songs or two, you know, in a minute. I want us to, if you're physically able to, can you all just stand to your feet? We're going to pray through something different. We're going to kind of pray for two groups of people at the same time this morning. And I'm gonna be up here praying, not just with you, but for myself as well. Because every day I wake up, I say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me with more than before? And so in a moment, what's gonna happen, what kind of walk us through this is this, is we're gonna pray. We're gonna keep this slide up. And so we're gonna pray for two groups of people. Number one, if you would say, I just wanna step into a relationship with Holy Spirit. I wanna have more than before. In a moment, I'm gonna encourage you, when I say amen to my prayer, I'll encourage you to come forward and just to start praying. I'm gonna guide us through how we're gonna pray. And at the same time, if you'd say, I wanna be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want that gift that Jesus talked about. I wanna be filled with the Holy Spirit so that man, I can be empowered to be a better witness, to feel those nudges on a more consistent and intense way. At the same time, as group one's coming up, I want you to come up as well. But if you're praying for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I want you to do something, just so I know who I'm praying for. I want you to put the front of your feet against the front of the altar or whatever it looks like at any campus, just so we know who we're praying for. And I'm gonna guide us through how we're gonna pray for this. I um, mean, I've done this for like literally tens of thousands of people. And I believe God wants to fill us with more than before. I believe many of us will speak in tongues, which is awesome. But the goal is not to get the receipt, the goal is to get the tomatoes. The goal is to get the fruit, the substance that we can actually use for us, that has seeds in it, that can be planted and multiply, because God wants to multiply with the people around you. So I want us to do this, if we can all bow our heads and close our eyes all over this place, and every location too. And other locations, John, encourage uh, pastors and leaders even to come, uh, pastors even to come forward to the altar to pray with people. But it is this, Man, in a moment, I'm gonna have you pray. I'm gonna walk us through and this, the slide will tell us how we're gonna do this. But Jesus, I pray that this would be the easiest place in the entire world to be full of your Holy Spirit. Man, I pray some of us, we walked in here as an empty cup, so empty. But God, I pray that you would not just fill us to the top, but I pray for the overflowing around everything around us. And that's really what the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It isn't just filling to the top, it's overflowing to everything around us. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that the first nudge we might experience is the nudge to come forward in a minute. Not for anyone's ego, but for that us to get before Jesus in a new way, to do physically, moving physically as a representation of how we're moving spiritually. So Jesus, in a second, when I say amen, I'm gonna encourage my friends to come up either for more than before, more than they've ever had of Holy Spirit, or for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna pray for all of those people at the same time, and I'm gonna guide everyone through it. So Jesus, I pray, as the band is gonna lead us in a second, I pray that this would be the easiest place to receive your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. 
So I encourage you, if that's you, if you'd like to pray for that, I'd love to just encourage you to come your way up as the band begins to play. And I'm gonna start praying with people. But the first thing we're gonna do, regardless of what we're praying for is this. We're gonna tell God that we want it. We're gonna get as close to God as we can through prayer and through worship. And then at any time you feel Holy Spirit, man, like moving on your life, you have that faith that He's there, I wanna encourage you to speak out what you feel I'm prompting you to say. At any moment you feel comfortable coming down as the band leads us, uh, we're gonna pray through this. So I'm gonna start praying and then I'll come up in another minute or two and we'll kind of keep guiding us through this session. It'll be awesome. As you come here, I want to encourage you to do one thing. As you pray, I want to encourage you to pray out loud. That doesn't mean you have to be loudly, just out loud. Because at some point, we're going to speak a different language. It's a lot easier to do that when our mouth is already open. And man, it might be like, I don't know if that's really God. It doesn't sound right or feel right. It's a different language, so you're probably doing everything right. So the band's going to continue to lead us. But I want to encourage you to pray out loud. We're going to ask God for it. We're, going to, we're not begging God because you don't need to beg God to give you what He already wants to give you. So we're going to tell God that we want it in our own words out loud. We're going to get as close to God as we can through prayer and worship. And at any point this morning, for the next couple minutes, you feel the Holy Spirit come upon you. You just know or have faith that He's with you. Speak out what you feel I'm prompting you to say. It might not make any sense. That's because it's a different language. So even now, I'll encourage you to speak out loud, pray out loud. It can be really soft, but whatever. I promise you, the band and me will be way louder than you. You're doing everything right. I'm gonna get off and pray with people and just lay a hand on your shoulder and pray with you. In about two or three minutes, I'll come back up. But you guys are doing everything awesome.
praying. You're doing everything awesome. And wherever you're at, online, different locations, I want to encourage you just to keep praying. I want to encourage you to do this. We're going to kind of take a step both into our comfort zones and out of them a little bit at the same time. I want to encourage you, if you're up here praying, to close your eyes, bow your heads. And I want to encourage you even just to lift your hands as just a sign of receiving. This isn't anything magical. It's just showing God, hey, I just want to receive from you. I'm serious about this. I just want to kind of position my body as my heart is positioned. Man, I want to be filled with more than before. And I'm going to encourage you again to pray out loud. Man, many of you are being filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you are speaking in other tongues. Amazing. But all of us are getting more than before. Man, Jesus never says no to more of him. Never, never, never. And so Holy Spirit wants to give you more. But I want to encourage you again to pray out loud. Some of you are doing that and you're just making it harder for yourself. I'll encourage you to pray out loud. Even if you're just saying the name of Jesus over and over really softly, you're doing everything great. Man, you guys are doing awesome. I want you to take all the pressure off of you because this isn't, we're not begging for this to happen. It's already been paid for. Jesus wants to give you more than before. So as the band kind of leads us through another song, I want to encourage you just to kind of dive in deeper and we're going to pray. And we're just going to say, God, I want to receive all that you have for me. Man, I'll encourage you even as you're praying to pray this prayer as you're receiving. This is a really healthy prayer to pray. And the leaders of this church have already prayed this. The prayer I want to encourage you to pray as you're receiving is, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me? Man, I want to be filled with power, but you know what I want more than just power? I want the relationship so I can hear his voice. So Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me? Some of you might hear a word, a phrase. Man, God might be encouraging you to, to start that business you've always dreamt of. I don't know. But Holy Spirit wants to speak to you this morning, wherever you're at, at any location. So we're going to go through another song, and we're just going to get as close to God as we can. And at any point you feel Holy Spirit is prompting you to speak out, just speak out whatever you feel prompting you to say. You're doing everything awesome. time after this, but I want to encourage you as the band kind of goes through one more song or finishes out with this, I want to encourage you to keep praying with all your heads bowed and eyes closed as a sign of receiving. But I want to encourage you for the next like 45 seconds, just to kind of turn off English for a moment and just experience Holy Spirit through you. I mean, for some of us, this might be really helpful, but for other of us, this might just be a time for us just to be able to hear His voice without us kind of speaking. So I encourage you just for a little bit, and as the band just begins to play this next song, Man, just to kind of turn off English, to turn off our natural language, to be the A, to be able to be full of the Holy Spirit and to speak out, we feel him prompting you to say, but also so we can kind of silence what we've been dealing with. Man, I feel like so many of us have come in with these like heavy weights and Holy Spirit wants to speak to you that man, you don't have to do this alone. He wants to do this in relationship with you. So for the next like 45 seconds or really minute, I want us to kind of just turn off English and man, I just want us to kind of focus on what Holy Spirit is saying to us. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me? 
And then also at the same time, if you're, if you're praying for the baptism of the Spirit, I just want to encourage you to turn off English for a minute. Just kind of test the waters out. And man, I just want to encourage you to speak out anything you feel Holy Spirit prompting you to say. Man, it doesn't have to be loud or crazy or anything like that. It's actually very normal. He gives us the authority to be normal. So as the began, the band kind of just leads us through this one more song. And I'll encourage you for the next minute, just kind of try to focus on his voice, focus on what he's saying to you. Because we can do this everywhere, not just in the church, but out the church. He wants to speak to you like this all the time. So I'll get up one more time um, in a couple minutes, but I'll encourage you just for the next minute to kind of turn off English, to see what the Holy Spirit would say to you and maybe even through you. And then we're gonna, we'll get up in like two more or three more minutes and I'll get back on stage. We'll close out and praying all corporately. It'll be awesome. So you guys are doing everything awesome. You're doing everything right. And so just pray, God, I want to receive this. Get as close to him as you can through prayer and worship. And at any point, speak out what you feel and prompting you to say. You're doing everything awesome. worship we can say which really is hallelujah god you're so good to us and i thank you for what you're not man this isn't a one-time event this is a process we stepped into today of getting more than before this isn't a one random sunday man man this can kickstart it but man we don't just turn on the engine to turn it off we turn it on so we can actually go somewhere so we're going to keep going places man day after day and so jesus i thank you for my friends who are here I mean, I pray for all of us who are experiencing new things through that relationship. I pray even today that we would experience some new things with you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in this place. Amen. All right, I want to encourage you to, uh, to go back to your seats. I want to pray uh, kind of corporately over, over you and the locations, and I'll turn it over to the bands and the location pastors, wherever you're at. Amen. Uh, I do want to kind of tell you, but tonight is going to be amazing. Um, we're going to be really emphasizing teaching on faith for healing. And so if you or someone you love or know who loves Jesus or doesn't, doesn't matter to me, uh, is dealing with anything in their bodies, uh, physically, emotionally, or spiritually, that they just need a healing touch from God from, I, mean, I want to encourage you to invite them out uh, to the Dover campus tonight at 5 p.m. because we're going to see God do miracles and signs and wonders in a really healthy way 
way. But I want us to do this um, at every location. I just want you to bow our heads and close our eyes and just lift up our hands as a sign of receiving. I just wanna pray over you and then I'm gonna turn it over to the location pastors and the worship team. But Jesus, I pray this, that this wouldn't just be a message, but this would be a nudge in the right direction, that we can have a better relationship with you, Holy Spirit, that we can feel your nudge Man, whether it's a little one or a big one, God, and I pray this, I pray for nudges to happen in the homes of Restoration Church. Man, I pray that it wouldn't just start in the church, but it would start in the church and our homes. And so then out in public would be the overflow of what happens in our homes and in our church. God, I pray for every home, God, that there would be more joy and laughter than ever before in the homes of Restoration Church. God, we pray that this would be a place of restoration and reconciliation. And God, we pray for all my friends. I pray that they would live and not die. They would have no lack and that the best is yet to come for every person at Restoration Church. In the name of Jesus, amen.